Boomer, no more kicking. I will pet you. <laughs> I will pet you when I'm done. It's Barely in Topic. Podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. This really boomer. Okay. Welcome to Barely in Topic. I'm VA and I'm here with Tim. Hello. Hello. Jeff is. Well, he's got a new boss and she has her own hours and she makes him work overtime. And Nick is just super busy with one of his 15,000 bands. So, yeah, we are a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. And I have to say that the reason why we didn't have an episode last week, it falls squarely on my shoulders because even though I predicted that I would have all the time in the world to work on it. My life got very, very busy last week. Not in good ways, really. But first of all, I'll just say what I said last week. I'm on IR. Maybe LTIR. I don't know. Because I, uh, I I broke my ankle just about two weeks ago. You know, it's less than ideal. I'm going to be having surgery on Wednesday. So that's next week. So we'll see what our recording schedule is going to be like after that. Because, you know. I do have to have recovery time and whatnot, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyway, last week we recorded a, a podcast episode and almost immediately, almost immediately, Tim, it was like outdated. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it became obsolete real quick. We, we were like, yeah, the Bruins, let's just get some depth and let's get some, get maybe Bukestad, I think was talked about and stuff like that. And yep. then we wake up the next morning to getting uh, Bertuzzi from the Red Wings. And it was like, oh, holy crap, what's happening? And then some unhappy news to go along with it was that uh, Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno went on LTIR. And it looks like, it seems like, that they're legitimate injuries. They're not just trying to Tampa Bay this up and really load up for the playoffs no uncle nick's got a big old brace on that that right knee yeah and for listeners that know or have seen it's like one of those braces that like if you've seen an offensive or defensive lineman in football if they've had an injury or are trying to prevent a knee injury it's one of those stabilizing knee braces so that's never good it's like the one that gronk used to wear and then the one that jj watt used to wear it on their skin. elbow yeah yeah so yeah. it's uh when those big honking braces yeah so that's not great we'll flash back in time a little bit because uh you know the, the bruins at the trade deadline or just before the trade deadline did some really good stuff but i had to work my way there you know because uh that uh, i think it was like a thursday or a friday night when they announced that they had traded for garnet hathaway and Dmitry Orlov, right? Which, remember, when we did our last podcast episode, we identified that we needed a right wing and a, a defenseman, right? And that's what Sweeney did. So we were smart. We were smart. Yeah. We just didn't have the right pieces. We said Luke Shen and Nick Bukestad and 
they ended up going to different places. Uh, Luke Shen ended up going to the Maple Leafs and Nukestad in a very late trade deadline acquisition went to the Oilers. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, that's okay. Once we found out that Nick Foligno was hurt and we knew that Taylor Hall was out, although it was described as a not so serious injury, I'm going to wonder how not serious it is if he's not possibly playing for the rest of the season. But then they, they went out and got Tyler Bertuzzi and I didn't know what to think about that either. I had, there were a lot of feelings, Tim, a lot of feelings because a lot of feelings because, um, you know, getting Garnet Hathaway is like, we got the sentient boat shoe and it took me a few days, but I got to the point where I'm like, Oh, but you know, now he's our sentient boat shoe. And when you think about it, who do you want to just kind of rile up players and maybe, you know, if he has to go to the box, go to the box, you want him to do it? Or do you want Brad Marshan to do it? Yeah, you probably want him. And it's funny with the addition of him and uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, the Bruins really have Brad Marshan, Brad Marshan light. And then like Brad Marshan, zero calories. Like it's like really the three of them are kind of, the same type of agitator and stuff like that, which is not a bad thing for the playoffs um, at all. <laughs> it's not a bad thing for the playoffs at all. On um, In the case for Bertuzzi, he's actually also very skillful, which I guess I didn't really realize because when you think of Tyler Bertuzzi, you think of a guy who's hard hitting and gets under people's skin, uh, plays heavy, but he's also pretty skillful. Well, I guess he's a power forward, right? Essentially. Yeah. He was playing top line minutes with Dylan Larkin, and Dylan Larkin is sad that Bertuzzi's going, but you know, this doesn't mean he won't come back next year. He could go back next year, who knows? But he got dealt at the trade deadline because the Red Wings were, well, not going to make the playoffs. So so Bertuzzi was playing top line minutes. The problem that he had this year was that he broke one hand blocking a shot, and then he broke another hand blocking another shot. When like after, right after he came back. Yeah, yeah. It, just bad luck, bad luck. But last year, um, he played in 68 games for Detroit and had 30 goals and 32 assists. Right. Um, uh, it looks like the year before that, he was also um, kind of injured in 2021. He only played nine games, uh, had seven points in nine games. And then the two previous years, he played 73 and then 71 uh, games with Detroit and had 47 and 48 points. So when he plays, he produces. Well, I mean, his first game as Bruin against the uh, the Rangers this weekend, he had a point. Beautiful had, pass. It was beautiful. And he got down around uh, behind the, the net to be able to uh, help with the rebound. Right. First point as a Bruin. Also, his first two minutes in the penalty box as a Bruin. So, you know, pretty successful day. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty successful day, and that that play where, that he assist, he was the primary assist on the goal was nice. The Bruins dumped the puck in. He was able to get it behind the net and then pass it right to Charlie Coyle, who basically had one side of the net wide open against uh, Igor Shesterkin. Uh, I'll just get him and Sorokin mixed up. And I know. Then, I just two Russians, right? It is. It is what it is. And and here's um, the thing: they're both, I, from what I understand, they're good friends. And, and they're both good. Yeah, they're both good. <laughs> they're both good friends. 
I think they're around the same age and they play for New York teams. So yeah, I always, I, I always get those two uh, mixed up, but it was beautiful. And um, it, it was, I think it was an important, it was important because with the Bruins playing the Rangers, Shesterkin was on a kind of a decent run of like four or five games in a row where he didn't give up uh, more than two goals in a game. So he was kind of, he had had a bad stretch, but he was starting to get his legs back under him after a bad stretch and was on this good stretch. So the Bruins ended up scoring, I think, four goals that game. So it was important, just important to get to him. It's good to see the Bruins on this big, long 10 game winning streak because they, they went into a real slump for a little bit. They had the siblings trip where they bounced back. And then they had the Western Canada swing. When they played against the, the Flames, they struggled to get 20 shots on goal throughout the whole game, but still yeah. won it in overtime. So it's really great to see that the, the Bruins are still just going strong. They added new pieces. The new pieces look like they've been here forever. Dmitry Orlov was the first star of the NHL last week. Why? Because he played five games and had nine points. Nine Three goals, six assists and in five games. Exactly. And he, he didn't have that even done in, like in Washington this year. He was having a rough year because, well, the Capitals were having a rough year. So for him it's like it's great he looks like he's been here he's been called bobby orlov <laughs> oh yeah dimitri orlov orlov and an emphasis on the or um right. the also to play off orlov he's also been added to the uh pp1 oh now, yes they're it, change, he... trying to change it up to, to add him to it to see what's going on i know they were trying it up in practice today so that's that's exciting. Maybe he can, I know the power play unit's been kind of scuffling as of late. Maybe he can in, inject some uh, positivity and some excitement into it. Well, he had a, a power play goal the other game. I guess uh, it was the Rangers game, right? So, yeah, he scored in that game. He had a power play goal. So not only did he, have they just shoveled him around the lineup, he has played basically in place of everybody except for Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy but he's he's fit in any of those positions and looked good played well and since coming to Boston in those five games his time on ice per game is over 20 minutes so he's coming in and giving you minutes as well they're not shying away from giving him those tough hard minutes nope nope so what's really great about Dmitry Orlov is all of that stuff that we just mentioned and his cap hit for this season is something ridiculous, like 1.275 or 1.575. It's a lot less than it would have been. He would have been a 5.1 cap hit, except Washington retained 50%. Minnesota. And yeah, Minnesota retained 25% because they did that a couple of times. Yeah, it's fantastic. Good deal. It's getting to the point where fans are trying to work out a way to like get him resigned beyond this year. <laughs> like people just want him to stay, and I don't blame them. It would be cool if they could get him on a couple, get him to stay for a couple of years. He's he's been great. He's been fantastic for him, and he's his personality seems to fit in the locker room real well. Right, because um, as we know, the uh, 
the Boston Bruins aren't short on personalities, and he certainly is not himself. He's right. very much – he's got a big personality himself, so that helps that he's uh, fitting right in. Yeah, but the only unfortunate instance in all of this is that right now it looks like the odd man out is Matt Grizzlick. Now, Matt Grizzlick is a player who is having a great year. He is a great playoff performer. But the problem that he has is that his size is, well, it's it works against him. And uh, remember, he gets injured in the playoffs because of that. Because, you know, everybody gets hard hitting and all of that. Dmitry Orlov is only a an inch taller, but he's got like something like 30 pounds on Grizzly. Yeah. Or, or, Orlov is kind of a bowling ball a little bit. He's 5'11 and 212. So he's he's not um, – he's a little bowling ball. Right. Like, like Nolachari, who unfortunately went to – Toronto. Yeah. I mean, Miley Cyrus wrote a song about him, you know? But anyway, yeah. we, we like a wrecking ball around here. A wrecking ball is good, you know? So And um, their big acquisition is out indefinitely right now. We don't know how long. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly? Broken finger, broken hand, something like that. Oh, He's on LTIR. That's too bad. Yeah. I'm feeling so sad about that. I'm not. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you know, uh, we'll go over the other trades in a little bit, but, um, you know, I, how do I feel about the Bruins trades? I think they did a really great job. I think Don Sweeney did a great job. He did. And I'm not I'm not surprised other than who knew that Orlov and Hathaway would be on the trade radar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was not I mean, thinking we were... I, it, it, I mean, I knew that I knew that somebody had suggested like keep an eye out for the, the capitals because they have like 12 UFAs or something. So right. they're probably going to look to to get rid of some people and get some uh, some assets in return, uh, which they did. I don't remember exactly what they got from this trade, but uh, they got. But some also, they were within like shouting distance of like the wild card. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not like they were completely out of it. Uh, they just decided to go full on. You know what? We're just going to sell. And I mean, if you don't think that you're going to win it all and you're a team that's on the verge like that, yeah, it's probably the best move um, for them. So, yeah, they they sold, and it helped the Bruins out greatly because I know the, the other guys that they were talking about um, were Chikrin, who um, ended up going to Ottawa for less than expected, and then Gavrikov ended up going to the Kings in a deal that sent Kings fans into a tailspin they they went from we need to make moves and add to this team to holy crap not that move like in the span of 0.2 seconds so <laughs> <laughs> that happened and so i think the bruins made out the best they could have i no one really and it sounds like the deal came together quite quickly when once don swingy saw that those two players were available he kind of zeroed in on him and got it done quickly yeah and that's important. Yeah, I, I imagine that Yarmo Kikalainen was like 
pissed off because he was standing firm on his on his price and he thought he had something in place with the Bruins. But then apparently Sweeney, you know, who's known to work the phones, basically heard about Washington, you know, and uh, Orloff and, and, and Hathaway. And then they would take Craig Smith back because that was the other thing. Uh, I don't think the Blue Jackets were going to take Craig Smith back on that deal. So he asked for 50% retention on Orloff and got it, gave away picks. And because right now, who cares about picks if you're in it to win it? Yeah. You've got a core, an aging core that wants to win it. So, and you got a bunch of younger players who want to win it for them. So who cares about the picks? It's fine. And it's worked out pretty well so far. With the Bruins acquisitions, all three acquisitions have hit the uh, score sheet. Um, Hathaway has two assists in the five games that he's played with Boston. Orloff, of course, has the nine points in his uh, five games. And Bertuzzi has an assist in his one game played with the Bruins. So everyone's hit the score sheet in. Another thing I'll say with Hathaway, he's looked pretty good on the PK as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. What I, which I didn't realize that, that was – I guess I didn't realize that was really part of his game. I didn't really pay attention much to the Capitals. Um, but, yeah, he's he's fitting really well on the PK. I mean, it, Yeah, it, he's a fourth liner. And it is uh, sometimes hard to remember that because he tends to burn us, or he did, when he was on the other side. In fact, I remember that one game, the only the second regulation loss the Bruins had at the Garden, I was at that game, when he scored and he ended up getting hit on the play and he was on the on, laying on his back on the ice, twirling his his hand around as, you know, like the goal light. And I was so pissed off, so pissed off. And now it's like, oh, that guy's on our team. Okay. I guess I, I don't have to be pissed off at him anymore. It's true. All three of the guys seem pretty happy to be here. So that's wonderful too. But let me get back to Chikrin. Wow. What a dud of a deal. But I like Chikrin to the senators. And I'll tell you why. Because the senators are doing a lot of good things right now. They're preparing for a sale. As we've noted before, they've got a lot of young talent there. They're going to rise up again, and I'm not opposed to that because I feel like I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When other teams in your division get better, the whole division gets better, you know, because everybody has to, you know, play keeping up with the Joneses, basically, and they have to make themselves better. So competition is a good thing. So I'm looking forward to the rise of the Senators, and we don't have to hate them because of the neutral zone trap. You know, <laughs> but true. I, I like that deal. I think that Chikrin will, uh, if he's smart, he'll fit in really well there. And uh, we could be seeing the Senators be a playoff team in the next year or two. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Even now, they're only uh, three. They're only five points out of a playoff spot right now. So, I mean, if things if if things kind of go their way, who knows? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it this year, but good for them. Good for them because, you know, it's been a it's been a rough year or two for them. It's been a rough longer than that, but it's got to be there's got to be some excitement on the horizon because the team will be in different owners hands and it could even be Ryan Reynolds. Who knows? Oh, my God. How awesome would that be? I would love it. 
but anyway, awesome, yeah. I know I love Ryan Reynolds so much. We I've talked too much about that here, so I'm not going to expand. But L.A. Kings, that thing. Oh my God. Okay, so Jonathan oh. Quick was having a very bad season, right? He had been basically relegated to the second, uh, not uh, the backup, I should say, not the second, the the, the backup uh, to um, Phoenix Copley, who's a journeyman. Um, and of course, you know, the uh, Kings, they signed that one goaltender. I don't even remember his name. <laughs> uh, I don't either. Him. Yeah. They signed him. He's just started his new contract and then they sent him down to the rain. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh my man. God. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's not a suspicious start, is it not? So the Kings in their trade with Columbus, they sent Jonathan Quick to Columbus, which uh, Quick basically responded in kind by leaving the Jets game with the rest of the team and flying back to L.A. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> yeah, and then um, L.A. got uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, who I really like as a player, and he's a sweet, sweet man. And also Jonas Corposalo, who is... I guess he's an okay goaltender sometimes. I've never been particularly impressed with him. There are much better finished goaltenders than that guy. And also yeah, that guy no. didn't do his conscription until he was like 28 years old. He was like being threatened not to be able to come back and play. So that guy's a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite finished goalies go Tuka. Pecarine, uh, you say Saros, and I don't think I have more after that. So Corpusol is definitely not on that list. But definitely not. Yeah, so th- so that's what happened there. And then Columbus got Jonathan Quick and picks and stuff like that, I guess. And then um, because Jonathan Quick was not going to stay in Columbus, he was flipped over to the Vegas Golden Knights, which yes was a better situation for him and i just love how columbus responded to it because they were just like oh we're gonna miss you jonathan (laughs) yeah such a legend in (laughs) In columbus he never played a game it was paper transaction it it was something it was something along they used his last name in there so it was like the memories were the memories will last forever, even though they were quick or something like that. Yeah. It was something along oh, even, those lines. Even though our time <laughs> together was so quick, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it, it was it was pretty funny. It was a nice it was a nice way to handle it. And Jonathan Quick has played a game for Vegas, so he um he did go ahead and he did go to them. He didn't stay at home or anything like that, and. Uh, I think he's one and zero. He gave up three goals in the game, but he got the win. So I guess that's what's important. Well, I mean, this is probably his last stand. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have anything to prove. He's a Stanley Cup winner. A couple times over, yeah. It's just too bad that he didn't. He wasn't able to stay with the Kings because it would have been like his whole career. I mean, maybe he was drafted by somebody else. I don't know, but no, it was it was L.A. and he's better. He's one of the better. Um, U.S.-born goaltenders that we've seen in a while. He was on the last year of like a ten-year extension, mm. like it, which is ridiculous that he was able to last 
the almost the entire 10-year extension. Mm. Um, but yeah, he was on the last year of that, and unfortunately, um, the Kings said, "What have you done for me lately? Not much." And goodbye. Mm. And and of course the they post the thanks for everything on social media, and those things always just seem so empty. You know what I mean? They just mm. don't seem. They just uh, I just always find that, especially when you do like a player that's been basically the face of your franchise for the last, I don't know, 15 years. You just, it just, it just looks empty. Right. I, I love player tributes, you know, when players come back to the, the Bruins, but they didn't do one for Nolachari. They did. I don't know if they did one for Sean Corrales. I cannot remember. I don't think they did. It's like, you know, do a little something for everybody. I guess when Den- uh, oh, Dennis, let's try that again. When Derek Forbert, went back to the Kings. They just were like, uh, thanks for everything, Derek. And they didn't do a montage or anything, but according to a friend of ours, who's a Kings fan, she said, yeah, it would have been like he, him being out of position or his, uh, you know, uh, messing up an assignment. (laughs) You know, know, he was not the noted penalty killer and shorthanded goal specialist that he is here with the Bruins. So that's for that's for sure. Yeah. Speaking of Derek Forward, a couple of things are going on. One, on Instagram, he shared a story, not a story, he shared a post about how his or Darla's uh, pet sitter and dog walker is running the Boston Marathon. And she has promised to take Darla along the route you know, on her running route in a carriage, like, a, you know, they have those little doggy baby carriages that she'll run Darla along the route if she doubles her fundraising goal. So on Derek Forward's Instagram is a link to that, that runner's page. Um, I have donated because I really want to see Darla cross the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> she's so special would that be would that be the first dog to cross the finish line of the boston marathon probably not but <laughs> it would be the first darla <laughs> it would be the first darla <laughs> and you know she's just like she's such a like chill and yet spunky gal like i can imagine her just taking a nap on part of the route and like waking up and you know people go uh, you know, they, they line up along the, the whole uh, course and they will have their dogs there too, you know, to cheer on the runners because dogs, you know, runners like to see dogs and sometimes need that little bit of uh, happiness to get through Heartbreak Hill. But anyway, uh, so that's that's the first thing about Derek Forward. So like I said, you can go to his Instagram page. The link is in the bio. And then the second thing is, is that he finally got to meet Derek Sanderson, his namesake. He did. And I bet his dad was like over the moon about that because Derek Sanderson was his favorite player growing up. I think that's really cool. Oh, that's right. Because uh, Neely brought him in, brought Sanderson in to the locker room to meet him. And my initial thought with, because that was the day that the Bruins traded for uh, Bertuzzi, I believe. 
mm. that that happened. And my initial reaction when they were like, oh, yeah, Derek Sanderson and Cam Neely are in the Bruins locker room. My initial reaction was, how the heck are we going to fit them under the salary cap? <laughs> because <laughs> it was like trade deadline day. Everything was moving. And I was like, what are we going to do here? How are we going to get make this happen? But it was cool. There were pictures shown on the Bruins social media. And it was a nice moment. And I'm sure he appreciated it. And, and perhaps, you know, the thing that we have not even touched on yet, the most important thing that happened on that day that they acquired Bertuzzi, you know, and they announced it about like, I don't know, an hour or two later, or they gave us a cryptic post with a, just a sharp looking, uh, Pasternak, you know, like pulling down his shades at us, you know, and then they finally announced that pasta signed his extension for eight years at 11.25 million per year. Woo! Oh my God. I'm so glad. I'm so glad it's all over. I'm so glad I don't have to be angry and worried and all of that stuff. I'm glad that Pasta's here and that he's going to be here for eight years because I love that kid. I, you know, I know we had, um, Jeff had told us about his thoughts about Bergeron and how, you know, he was like, he started watching the Bruins basically when, when Bergeron started playing and he has this real connection with him and everything. I think that pasta is the first player that I um, basically saw get drafted played in Providence for the short time that he did and then moved up to the Bruins. So I feel like he's my, my precious angel child. So it's like, he's just so special and he's so wacky and funny and adorable. And uh, I just love him to bits. So it's like, he's the player, like, because I haven't been watching hockey that long. And yes, I know I'm like way old enough to be his mom, but I just, I love that kid. He's so fun. So, so fun to watch. And I'm just glad he's here for another eight years. And Don Sweeney thanked him and Rebecca, Rebecca being Pasta's partner, who Pasta referred to as his. Well, yeah, breaking news. Yep, as his fiance, which is yeah, big. Yes, good for him. Yes, I I don't know when that happened. I had not heard about it. Usually, I hear about these things. You know how I am. So yeah, that's fantastic. I'm glad uh, that you know it, they could have been just doing their own thing and staying together forever and whatever but i think it's it's special when you you know when you decide to to get engaged and get married whenever and you know that i think that's a wonderful thing you don't necessarily need to have a ring it's the commitment that's what it is that's all it is so mazeltov i'm so happy for them um and i am uh, too yeah so he's going to be here forever basically and i love it it's good. Let's keep doing that. And, you know, I got to tell you, I think that Czech hockey players, I don't know how Czech men are in general, but Czech hockey players are freaking hilarious. They are. <laughs> I, they, I just get the feeling like, you know, nothing is too serious. We can get through this. So I love it. So, yes. It's good. And Sweeney continues his track record of 
keeping homegrown players that he really wants to keep. Yeah. Um, basically, if he wants, if you're a homegrown player in the Bruins system, he wants to keep you. He'll find a way, and it's it's so nice because I mean I had mentioned it before the deal a few times. You know the contrast between uh, that and the Red Sox letting go a bunch of their homegrown talent and stuff like that. It felt different with Pasta because with the with the Red Sox and their homegrown talent, it it almost felt feels like impending doom because of how it's worked out recently with you know, Bogarts and Betts and even before that, John Lester. Um, but then they finally did keep Devers, which was great. And then with the Bruins, it's like, well, they've kept McAvoy. They've kept Bergeron all this time. Um, Krejci, uh, like and the list goes on of guys that they've been able to just sign and keep, Martian. So uh, it's nice that they're able to uh, pay their homegrown talent. And I think stuff like that, sticks out to also potential free agents. They see that there's a culture of being loyal to a player and players wanting to stay there and things of that nature. And I think that goes a long way when players are trying to pick who to sign with and who's interested in them and things like that. And I, it's, it's, it's great to see. It's, it's great to see pasta is going to stay. And I'm glad that now, because I had Hallmark, does their keepsake ornaments. And I always get one every year for whichever sport depends on which the guys that there are. And pasta was the hawk, one of the hockey ones this year. And I got it. And I'm glad that it's not going to be obsolete. It's going to be pasta with the Bruins forever. Yep. I got one this year too, because we obviously, my husband and I have this special relationship, this parasocial <laughs> relationship with pasta in that my husband has lost a lot of hats at games because pasta scores the hat tricks and that reminds me my husband's gonna have to go to a game sometime soon so he can lose the hat so pasta can score hopefully you know i'll be back on my feet by my birthday and uh the playoffs i i did tell my husband that if there is a playoff game on my birthday which is may 8th I would love to go and hopefully I'll be able to do that. So, cause it's, it's also a big birthday for me. So I, I would like to, to do that and enjoy that, but whatever, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but pasta is very special to us. So I got that ornament and I'm really happy he's staying and 11.25 when he could have easily beat Nathan McKinnon, who, what he got like 12.6 or 12.7 this year. Yep. Just to be petty enough to beat out Connor McDavid, who, let's just admit it, Connor McDavid is a better player. Of course. No one's denying that. But when Connor McDavid signed his contract to now, there's a difference there. And that's why you're seeing players starting to get deals more than him because the market fluctuates, the market rises. And I think it's after next season or something like that, the uh, the NHL um salary cap goes to like 85 million or something like that well i mean they're talking about it being increased by 4 million this year which is a lot faster than they thought so we don't know if that's the truth if that's really going to happen but they're they're suggesting that that might happen and um i also saw something where if uh if the bruins make a a nice long run this year uh that will do a lot to ensure that the cap will go 
uh, higher. There's another team in there too that if they go further, uh, I, I hope I it's not the Leafs because then we're screwed. <laughs> oh, I don't think anybody would ever want to bet, bet on that. But you know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the the trade deadline. This one was completely bonkers. Now, um, I, we had recorded an episode last week. I did not get it out. There is one part of last week's episode that I think I will release. Um, and I think it's basically us talking about uh, Ulmark's goalie goal, because I think that's really important. So we'll, sure. we'll talk about that. But um, my, uh, you know, getting back to the trade deadline, it was bonkers this year. So many names going back and forth like i never expected that matthias ekholm would be on the market because that guy has term yeah you know? and then basically and, and didn't they retain some with that term just four percent because oh, that's basically, right. uh i think he has four more years four or five more years of term so they just they retain a little bit because they have to retain for all of you know towards the whole cap situation right so it's like i don't know how much money he was making but basically four percent of like you know whatever it is like it's still millions of dollars i think so but anyway that edmonton they got themselves a really good defenseman so they got better in that deal I hope he doesn't waste away up there because getting back to Connor McDavid, I, I think it would be a real shame if he doesn't win a, a, a Stanley cup. It would be the generational talent that he is. He just, it would be a shame. So anyway, get back to the trade deadline. I can't believe all of the, the people who just all the players that went everywhere. I know Pat, Patrick Kane was like, you know, I guess he had made it known that he wanted to go to the Rangers and that finally happened. And everybody's like, okay, all right. But, you know, Tarasenko went to the Rangers. That was earlier. Uh, Timo Meyer went to the Devils. Oh my God. Timo Meyer and like an army of players went to the Devils for an army in return and picks and stuff. But you know what? I, I think Timo Meyer to the Devils, that's, that's a good spot. That's a good spot for him. Now they just need to get all the other sweet, uh, not Swedish, Swiss players over there, you know, like um, yeah. Kevin Fiala and uh, Roman Yossi and Nino Niederreiter. Get them all there. And then it'll a be Swiss family s- devil situation. I know. And it'd be so great. But yeah, I, I actually like that there, um, th- that, that idea, because I was afraid the Canes were going to get him. And then the Canes kind of, were in on everybody and then were out on everybody. The Canes had a very subtle deadline. Yeah, they got that Jesse Pula Jarvi. Yeah, Edmonton's been trying to get rid of uh, Pula Jarvi for a very long time. So I'm not sure yeah. that's a get so much as a sympathy situation. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean, they got him. There was someone else that wasn't. That's a spare. Like, yeah, oh, Goss Despair. That's what it's. That's what it was. Yeah, they got him as well. Which I mean, he he's he's okay. I mean, he's not like he's not bad, but he's not like anything. I don't know the 
the Hurricanes are a very good team. Um, they're good. They're well coached um, and stuff like that. But I don't know that they necessarily scare me in terms of the moves that they made versus the moves the Bruins made. After the deadline, they don't scare me as much as they used to. And um, yeah. and a lot of that scare was I thought they had a lot of space to do stuff at the deadline. And they had um, like eight or nine million, right? They had a lot. I think they had like ten, yeah. So I was afraid that they were going to go and get Chikrin or they were going to get, which they didn't really need, but I was afraid they were going to go get Meyer. That was the big fear for me because Timo Meyer was the guy that I identified was like blockbuster. That guy is an RFA. You know what I mean? He's like, he's still really, really young. And he's, I mean, he's only 26. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been on a not so great team. So it's like for him to go to the Carolina Hurricanes would be really bad. So I'm not as afraid of Carolina as I used to be. But it's it's just it's crazy that the people who went that I mean the players that went all over the place. I bet you didn't realize this, but Curtis Lazar is now with the Devils. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Anton Bleed is now with the Rangers. <laughs> Islanders were kind of quiet. They ended up getting Pierre Engvall, who is not really working out with Leafs, so whatever. And uh, my fear of Nick Benino becoming a Bruin is, well, it's not happening this year because uh, he went to Pittsburgh again. Yep. Uh, along with uh, Michael Granlin and Dmitry Kulikov. So those are moves you can make. They are moves that you can make. Now, as for as for Leafs, the Leafs definitely got better on defense. They got Jake McCabe, and they yeah, got Luke Shen, who is not the best Shen, but whatever he'll do. He is a Shen, he and a- they have a lot of actual NHL talent at the defensive position now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not it's not like necessarily fantastic NHL talent, but it is NHL talent. Right. Well, they had to do something because Muzzin is definitely not coming back this year and he might not ever come back because he has right. a cervical spine issue. So um or did he cerv- also have concussion? Did he also have concussion issues? I th- he, there was someone that also he, had that. He he does, but he he has a cervical spine injury right now, and that's you don't want to play with that. No. We'll see what happens next season, but he's been shut down for the rest of the season. Uh, they definitely got defensive help now, and it's surprising to me because Kyle Dubas seems to really stick to the adage that a good defense is a a great offense. And he spends too much on the offensive side. And the defense always looks like it's an afterthought. They got Gustafson as well. That was another one. Right, right. They're better, but I'm not sold on them. And then Tampa Bay was very, very quiet too. They got Tanner Janot from the Preds for a boatload of stuff. Like they, I really feel like they overpaid uh on that on him but you know he's a guy who gets under other teams skin yeah they got more punch they got more uh punchy Mm -hmm. is what they got 
and Michael Asamont from the San Jose Sharks when the Bruins played the Sharks that guy was like really just annoying as fuck so so it's almost like you know Tampa Bay likes to identify a player that like gets under like certain team skins and they go out and get them yep so they um, so they did that again this this season however the first couple games with the new guys didn't work out great. Since March 2nd, they've lost 5-4 in overtime. They've lost 5-3. They've lost 6 nothing, and they've won 5-2. So, and I believe it was the 5-3 loss to Buffalo. Uh, the whole entire third period, they benched their top line. <laughs> so, oh, I, thought that was, I thought that was the game. I thought that was the game against uh, the, uh, uh, against the Canes when they went to Raleigh to go watch a game together. No, I, they, it was before the game before that's when they benched the entire top line and then they proceeded to lose six, nothing the next game. So <laughs> they took the bench well. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. They, um, and it's funny because they asked uh, the Tampa head coach about it and he was like, yeah, uh, normally those guys, 99% of the time, those guys uh, give you the best chance to win. And I just felt like that night they didn't. So sat them. Everybody was up in arms about that. And it's just like, look, even top players have bad nights, you know? Yeah. Uh, so whatever. So I don't blame them for benching them. No, not at all. So, so basically, I'm not going to get into too much. I, it's just amazing um, the, how many how many players went before Friday. And I didn't even bother to pay attention on Friday, to tell you the truth, because I'm like, pretty much every deal's done. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the first time that I can re- ever remember that basically every big name that was rumored to get traded got traded and that it all happened before the actual deadline day. Like people were, it's, it was basically, especially in the East, it was an arms race. Teams were loading up early and then seeing what other teams did, then reloading up and then reloading up again. And it was just, it was wild to see. I think there were a lot of teams, you know, the Devils, I mean, the Rangers, I guess, uh, even though I get, even though, Kane didn't really look great in his first couple games with them anyway. Nope. Even against Boston, they just, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't look scary, I'll say that. The thing about that game, let's just talk about it real quick. They had 11 forwards and 5 defensemen playing that game. That's true. That's true. So they couldn't even field a full team because of cap issues. and also That's their because, own doing, though. Yep. And because Keandre Miller was serving the second game of the suspension, uh, which I gave him three games for that. And I was like, that's a lot for the spitting. I don't know. I, I, I could see a game, but I just felt like three was just too much. I don't know. And he seemed like it was, it didn't seem like it was on purpose. And he, he reached out like in person to, um, Dodie. Dodie. Yeah. Dowdy. Um, and it seemed like Dowdy what like they were okay. Like they Dowdy was okay. He was fine with it. Like 
he accepted the apology and everything like that. And it seemed like they were fine. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I felt like three games was too much. So nonetheless, he was serving that. And then uh, Ryan Lindgren, who remember he was a former Bruins uh, prospect and uh, he's a, a key piece to their defense. He is injured. So he's not back yet or he wasn't back yet as of Saturday. So they, that's what they had to do. 11 forwards, five defensemen, and they lost four to two, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, if you can't field the full team, that's not going to help you. But basically no Schick had the shorthanded goal this time. He's got two this season. And it was beautiful too. It was, he put a nice move on it. That was that, that, that made me happy. I love to see that. Yeah. I mean, you know, (laughs) I mean, he's had like two goals in like the last uh, five or so games. Yeah. He had, he had one against Edmonton and then he had uh, one against uh, New York. Yep. So that's not so bad. And, you know, and then it's like the usual suspects. We had Coyle, uh, Bergeron and Pasternak. Although I think Coyle, it's taken him a while to score again, but you know, it's not a name that you don't hear on the score sheet. So, um, and I think Pastas was an empty netter there mm-hmm. as well. Yep. And then, you know, we'll just talk about the Sabres game really quick. Wow. That was drumming. Yeah. And they had, I think they had a couple empty net goals that game. Um, yep. It was uh, Bergie and Cliffy. They both had short handed goals. Uh, on empty nets, uh, you know, on the same penalty. <laughs> oh, that's right, because the Bruins were ahead 3-1, and then Buffalo with, like, five minutes left. Or, no, they were up 3 nothing. Buffalo was um, – they were up 3 nothing. Buffalo pulled the goalie with about five minutes left. Bruins got an empty netter. They put the goalie back in. Buffalo then scores to make it 4-1, and then they pull the goalie again. And then the Bruins get another empty netter. And then they just decided to score two more on the goalie after that as well. So that was, yeah, that was wild. Yeah. And two goals for, for Lauko. First two goal game for him. Uh, Three-point game for Orlov, one of which was a power play goal. So not a bad day. Not a bad day at all. And I I really, it didn't happen the game at the next game that, uh, cause the next game was Bertuzzi's first game. I really thought that with Bertuzzi in that they should start Lauko over Greer. I thought he kind of earned that and deserved that. And I still think it should happen. And mm-hmm. I'm going to keep beating that drum until it actually happens. Well, so I really think that he deserves that spot. Well, the kid had two goals in the game before. I mean, I look, I mean, Greer's not one of those players that you necessarily want to, to um, rest because he doesn't play every game, you know, right. but at some point you're going to have to start thinking about resting some players, uh, especially since they're going on like the death march to Bataan in the next like month of games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be. uh it's going to be really, really rough and rest whomever you can and bring in Lauko and Greer to play different spots. And Bertuzzi, despite the fact 
that you know he's he's new he hasn't played too many games this year because he broke both of his hands well, i think he's only <laughs> played in like 30 games total so so he's another person that you can use even higher up in the lineup if you need to so um yeah so they've got they've got a lot that can that, that can happen so that's good yeah so we did do soft predictions last week although i did not really see an episode because of busy life stuff and uh, Jeff was the only one of us who who got it right. <laughs> Two games. That's right. He said he, he said it'd be two and zero. Oh. Um, I think I said one and one. Um, and I think I said one and one with the the Rangers game. I thought was going to be the loss. I think so. Um, yeah. you know what? I'm do what? Did I write it down? I did not write it down. Um, I thought that they were going to go. I thought they were going to lose in overtime to the Sabres. How wrong was I? So very, <laughs> wrong. very, very wrong, you know, because I thought the Sabres would just like have their number and no, they didn't have it that night. Not at all. So, yeah. All right. So are you ready to talk about games that are coming up? Yeah. How far? I Because, um, I mean, there's a game every other day. How far ahead do you want to go, especially with we don't know about when my the surgery. next yep. yeah yeah we've got it is a jam-packed schedule of games so i'm gonna read off seven games okay uh because it is basically every other day plus back to back again right so this will cover us for a little while and we might record in between here and that'll be fine you know so ready so we are recording on wednesday night the 8th of march but tomorrow night there's a game at the Garden against the Oilers Thursday night, March 9th, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus. And that usually that's actually going to be closer to eight, whatever. I know people go have are up in arms like, oh, ESPN Plus or ESPN or blah, 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 whatever. It is what it is. So then the next game is Saturday, the 11th. It's a 1 p.m. huge manatee game. It's on ABC, which is annoying because we won't get to see the uh, goalie hugs. Yep. They, they cut them last week because they jammed too much hockey in. Whatever. But it's on ABC, ESPN+. Plus. It's against the Red Wings. 1 p.m. start, which is probably 1.15 at least. Then Sunday, it's the second half of a home-and-home the 12th at the Red Wings at 1.30 p.m. This time ugh, on TNT, TNT or on Nesson if you're local, so that's nice. Uh, but TNT, they won't show you goalie hugs, so screw them. But then the next game is Tuesday, the 14th at the Blackhawks, 8.30 p.m. on Nesson. Old that, friend Anders Bjork will now be there. So Oh, my God, Anders Bjork. Oh, my God, poor guy. Ugh such promise but no anyway then uh, on the 16th which i believe is a thursday yes it's a thursday they'll be in winnipeg because you know that's a hot night to be in winnipeg 8 p.m start on nesson then by the way can you hear my dog snoring he's in full snoring definitely he's full on out (laughs) (laughs) let's just take a moment to listen to this
Oh, now you quiet down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Saturday, the 18th, they're going to be playing against my favorite team to watch all the time. Uh, they're going to be in Minnesota at the Wild, 2 p.m. start on Nesson. Oh, God, the Wild. Ugh. It's a, and, that's, and that's a homecoming for Dmitry Orloff. Really? Did he play in, in Minnesota? They retained 25% of that contract. Oh. Damn right he did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Dimitri. <laughs> we, we missed you and love everything you did for us. Oh, my God. You're so right. You're so right. I was going to say we get to say hi to, uh, to old friend uh, Marcus Johansson. So oh, that's true. He's back with Good the old wife. JoJo. Yeah. And then uh, Sunday, uh, the 19th, the Bruins wrap up that part of the road trip at the Sabres. Uh, huge Manatee, 1 p.m. start on Nesson. Oh, that's a lot of games. That's a lot Lots of games and a lots of uh, huge Manatee games. Lots of huge Manatee games. That's three, four, four. four of them because the Wild is a two o'clock start because that's not confusing. Yeah, uh, it's it's central time, so it's one p.m. there. But anyway, let's see. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. I think I know what I'm going to do here. All right. I am going to do five one and one okay um my one loss i think is going to be uh at the jets and my overtime loss is going to be at the wild okay so that i know that's back to back but you know i think at this point the bruins they are so strong and that's wonderful but mix in a few losses it's okay okay you're not completely involved uh, you're not completely vulnerable but you know a, a loss or two is not a bad thing to have at this point in the the, the, the season because you don't want to like completely fall apart so that's what i think so okay what do you think tim i'm going six oh and one and i think the one the one that i was really thinking was winnipeg as well, um, I think that'll be an overtime loss. That's Connor Hellebuck is a good goalie a lot of times, so that'll be tough. And he looks like Satan. He does. He does. You know, I often forget that he's an American. He's from Michigan because that's yeah, where that's... Satan is from. Makes sense. <laughs> is I'm... that? Yep. There's, there was a show on TV called uh, The Reaper back in like the early 2000s where uh, this dude's parents basically like sold his – this guy's parents sold this – their kid sold to the devil before he was born so they could actually have a kid because they wanted the kid so bad. And the kid then when he turned 18 – had to start working as a grim reaper for the devil. 
And I want to, I don't know if that took place in Michigan, but it wouldn't surprise me if that show took place in Michigan. Interesting. Yep. So the IMDb uh, description is on his 21st birthday, Sam sold his soul to the devil before birth. And he must now be a bounty hunter for the devil until he dies. So I'm not sure where he was, where, where it's supposed to be set. But now I totally want to watch it. <laughs> um, I think it's on. So if you go to, I think on AB, like ABC, ABC's website, I think it still has the episodes up. Okay. It's it's such a it's it's it only had two seasons, but it was really funny and a fantastic show. Uh, I don't know when I dis- I think I discovered it during the pandemic at some point, and I just got the biggest kick out of it. yeah let me just check one thing yeah i'm actually waiting for the return of single drunk female on uh uh, have you seen that one i have yeah it's coming back in april i think so um i think that's when i at least saw it coming on so tomorrow the second half of the new season of you comes out Oh, I've never watched it. It's it's an insane show, but um, the first half of the season came out on my birthday, February 9th. So the next part of it comes out March 9th. That's how I knew. Um, but I've been re-watching Supernatural re- recently because uh, I do that from time to time. Mm, yeah, well, I, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I, you know, just a little bit. I can understand um yeah so okay so we got all those games done and we talked about tv just a little bit just a little bit i'm looking forward to ted lasso coming back yes it's an apple tv plus whatever and i uh if you have roku you're able to get a free trial of apple tv plus so um Go ahead and try to get that. Uh, it's like they had like a three month free trial. So I could see a lot of stuff. And uh, Ted Lasso is by uh, Bill Lawrence of Scrubs. And uh, basically, he also has another show called Shrinking that I've been watching. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to Ted Lasso coming back next week. And uh, I'm watching probably the last couple of episodes of Shrinking, which I have my issues with it. But whatever that's for another time um but anyway now i guess we have to move into basically wrapping up the show you know yeah tim i gotta say i do enjoy the just the two of us just talking about stuff maybe next time like i said we'll we'll talk about tv a little bit more we'll see who joins us Uh, yeah it's i feel like it's a uh it's a game show you gotta we (laughs) Find out who's on next. Speaking of game shows, ready? What number, without looking, what number is Tyler Bertuzzi? Oh, it's one that hasn't been. Oh, Tim Schaller. Yep, yep. Oh, scientist Tim Schaller. Yep. Oh, 59. Yep, yep, yep. Garnet Hathaway. Oh, shoot. Wait, no, 21. 21. Right. And uh, Dimitri Orlov. 
Satan, 81. Yes. Now, you know, it's really funny. <laughs> now, I don't know. You might have taken that number for that very reason. But I think it's this. Ready? His ner his ner let's try his ner his number in Washington <laughs> was nine. And you know okay. how hockey players like to get really clever. They either take the uh reverse of their number, like Polino did, right? Right. Uh, or they do something else. And I think he did eight plus one equals nine. Eighty one. That could be it because he couldn't have done it the other way, 18, because that's uh, my best friend, Pavel Zaka. And then <laughs> it's a good thing he didn't reverse the nine into a six because that is a Bruins hellscape and has been mm -hmm. for a long time. Yep. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. And he could have been 90, you know, if you think of nine yep. as being an 09. But no, that would have been wrong too. Uh, so eighty-one seems to fit him. Yeah, I don't know why, but when I see it on the ice, it makes sense. Like it seems to fit him. Yep, yep. It seems like a good idea. So that's how that is. And uh, you know, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I'm usually good at, at the numbers and remembering them, so I always like to play that. It's always fun to play that game with Jeff because he never remembers like <laughs> even to this day like he'll put it he'll try to do the shorthand of like just talking about the lines and then it's obvious the players that he doesn't know their numbers because he just he'll write their full name <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like come on dude you gotta get it by now you know um oh but... speaking of players did you see omar's new mask I did, but we also let's talk about this before we okay. end. Yes, the mask is brilliant, but also there's a very, very sad thing to talk about. Oh, why don't you talk about the mask and I'll I'll follow up with the sad thing. Yeah, so the mask is it's his two dogs. They're riding bears um, on the mask and it look the mask looks fantastic. Um, it's bold having such a great season and changing up your mask. But it's Walmart. If anyone can do it, he can. It, it'll be his third mask this season because remember, he had a separate one for the true. Winter Classic, right? And That's true. Uh, I think, no, actually, I think it's his fourth mask because he had a special mask for the uh, All Star game. That's right. He did. So it's technically his fourth mask. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He is just like, he's, he is just all over the place with, uh, you know, he's, he's a, well, he is a fashion icon. This yeah. is true. He and uh, and Lindholm are the Swedish fashion icons. So they are. This does not surprise me. But now I have to reveal something very sad. Okay. Barry, his one dog, passed away. Oh. Um, he had an Instagram post about it. And, you know, I guess it was one of those things where it was kind of a, a sudden thing it's always hard to say goodbye to uh, an, uh, a fur baby um, of any kind. And uh, so uh, our thoughts go out to the family. Uh, they still have Bob, so that's good, but Bob's going to be a little bit lonely. Um, and hopefully they will heal very well, but 
The next game he plays probably dedicated to Barry. Poor Barry. Aww. Poor Barry. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that part, but it's a beautiful mask. It is. It'll be a tribute to to Barry. So, and then th- we also learned that his name is not just Barry. It's like his name is Baron, and all of these different. Yeah. <laughs> so Bob and Barry are just their English names. <laughs> yeah, they um, uh, Baron and Baron is definitely one of them. Yep, that's Barry. And then Bob has a different name. I don't know what his name is, but, um, but anyway, I think it's uh, it's really really sweet. So. Uh, it'll be nice to see him in the new mask. By the way, did you know that this month's poster dog for the calendar? It's uh, Thomas Noshak with his his uh, Pomeranian Max. I didn't. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. I should send it to you. You should somehow get it autographed by Thomas Noshak. I, I, you know that I won the calendar, right? I, I won the calendar because May is Darla. Oh, <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Baronin and Grevin. So apparently, Grevin turns into Bob somehow. <laughs> because of course it does. Of course, because it, of course does. it does. That makes sense, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. I don't even know why you're doubting this. <laughs> uh, makes total sense to me. Exactly. Exactamo. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Tim, but it's time for us to wrap up. It is. Okay. So you've been listening to Barely on Topic podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. We we found everywhere uh, you can find podcasts at this point. You can find us at our, our home base of SoundCloud where the RSS goes out, which RSS means really simple syndication. But you can also uh, find us on Twitter at Barely on Topic. You can find us on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. That's, those are two places if you want to talk to us. And uh, you can find us at our individual Twitter handles, which I am at BA from RI. Yeah, I am at Tim A. Richardson. Jeff is at Dr. Hand Grenade. Nick is at Nick Baggio. And our, yeah, breaking news. And our sometimes fill-in, Mandy, is at Phony Mahoney. And that's Phony EY. Yes, exactly. Um, Yes. One moment. I've got uh, here. This is this is Boomer. You can talk to him. Did you get that? Okay, good. That's his Twitter handle. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, thank thank you.